July, Kyle. Somehow time keeps moving forward. How does that work? <laughs> it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Absolutely. We are in the peak of the steaminess here in the D.C. area. It is humid and gross and hot. It's summer. We're here. Absolutely. It's happening. And it's time for the next edition of the Let's Talk Club Management Podcast. And we are thrilled uh, to talk all about coaching. Yes. this We just got off the phone with Kevin and Shelly for this interview. And you guys, it's a wonderful conversation. And I think I said it 800 times. But anytime we get to talk to Kevin and Shelly, it's always, it's always great. Um, and this interview is no exception. So we're really excited to share this with you. We talk a little bit about what coaching is and try to break down some of the misconceptions about what coaching is. Um, and then we get into a little bit of, you know, why, why Kevin and why, you know, why Kevin and Shelly became coaches and what brought them to that profession and what, what they like to get out of it and why they think it's important for CMAA members to uh, take advantage of this member benefit that's available to to them. So um, without further ado, Melissa, would you like to introduce our guests today? I would. It's quite my privilege. So first up, we have Kevin McDonald. He's a coach, a facilitator, a communicator, storyteller, and a teacher. As a coach, he initiates action from within the people he touches. As a facilitator and communicator, Kevin uses humor and wisdom to help his clients crystallize their thinking, define success, and live their ideal lives with passion and balance. He partners with people who are passionate about performing at a high level and about achieving great clarity about who they are and what they want. His business and management background, combined with his exceptional coaching skills, make him an asset in any people development initiative. We're also joined by Shelly McDougall, and since 2006, she has been coaching CMAA professionals, supporting them to reach new heights in their careers and in life. Along with Kevin, they have coached, worked, and worked with thousands of industry professionals in their combined 30 years of coaching. Their popular program, the Extraordinary Leader Program, continues to develop leaders at all levels of private clubs and beyond. Both of them have an extensive experience in the private club, so they bring a great perspective to coaching. So without further ado, let's dive into this fabulous interview. Well, uh, we are joined today by Kevin McDonald and Shelly McDougall, CMAA's coaches. We are so happy to have the two of you with us. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to join us. How are you both doing? We know it's been quite a year. We haven't been able to see you in person in a really long time. So this is such a pleasure to see your faces today. What's going on, guys? Well, I can tell you that I saw you in Texas and Shelly wasn't able to be there for that conference, one she's missed. And, and we've missed you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we really have missed you. Shelly, I didn't realize it's been that long since we've seen you in person. Like that, oh, man. Oh, yes. But uh, thank you, Kyle. We, Kevin and I both have been uh, behind the camera for sure over the past year. Um, this thing has been ramped up and we uh, we laugh because some days we're seven or eight hours uh, Zooming. So we're here, we're alive, we're behind the scenes, and yet uh, we feel like we're in the midst of it all. How's that? <laughs> Well, you know, that sounds pretty accurate. I think we all understand the uh, the constant being in front of the camera, zooming for several hours a day, <laughs> getting real tired of looking at myself in this tiny box on a screen. 
be glad when that's reduced. We're sort of back of the house, Kyle. Exactly. Well, we are really happy to have you both with us today. Um, Melissa and I wanted to take the opportunity to chat with you both a little bit about coaching and what that is exactly. You've been with CMAA for a long time and coaching is a member benefit to all CMAA members have the opportunity to work with the two of you um, as executive coaches. But I think we run into the question a lot of what exactly is coaching? Um, <laughs> what does that mean? Um, is it useful to me? How can I, how can I leverage that to, um, to benefit me the most. So um, I think we want to start off a little bit, you know, answering this question of, of what is coaching? And then, you know, if you both want to tell your individual stories with how you came into this uh, profession and, and how long you've been doing it. So whoever wants to start, jump right in. Oh, okay. Kevin, you start. That's all you. No, no, no. It's all you. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Well, we'll start out by telling you what it is, and it's not therapy. I think a lot of people think that they're they're coming to have our have us fix their brokenness. That is not what uh, coaching is. Our job is really to bring out the best in people, and to really access what they already know, who they already are, and help them uh, get past some of the obstacles or things that get in their way. We certainly have worked with people on having better self-awareness about how they operate. And a lot of things that the interpersonal skills of communication and leadership and things that the soft skills of the business are really what the kinds of things we help people with and support them. Uh, you know, in the beginning, it started out as coaching people who had lost their jobs. So that, so I think maybe there is a belief that it was a when you had a problem, you called us, but that's probably a small percentage now that are calling for that reason. They're calling because they don't want to lose their job. They want to be better. They want to sharpen the saw. And uh, I wish it existed when I was a club manager. Shelley. Yeah. You know, I, I think when you hear the word coaching, and we still have people who liken it to athletic coaching or team mm -hmm. sports kind of coaching, and there's a lot of similarities. I think the best similarities, Kevin, the way you said it, is that we really are there to bring out the best. So it's like the coach trying to bring out the best in the players and getting the team to perform at their best as well. So that's what we do. There's lots of similarities, and yet there's, I think, one, at least one distinguishing difference, and that might be be that in athletics and in sports, the coach tends to be the one who does a lot of the, I'm going to say telling, because they're really, they know the technicalities of the sport. They'll do a lot of directing and telling. In other words, hey, do this, do that, go here, go there. And they're like the expert. Well, even though we might be Kevin, I don't know if we're experts or not. We might know, and yet our role as coaches is to not necessarily tell them the answer. And so sometimes people will say, we want your, we want to know the answer or we want your advice. And as coaches, we don't tend to give a lot of advice. We certainly give ideas and thoughts and tools and concepts. And we do train for sure, especially when it comes to leadership. But we don't tend to say, hey, here's my advice, go do this. So that's the way that it's a little bit different than what you we might tend to think of from sports and athletics. And yet, knowing what we know, we might have an inkling of where they should, I'll call it go, and yet it's that's not up to us. And so we'll help, as Kevin said, to bring it out in them. They get to make the decision. And I think, I guess, the, I would add to that, Kevin, in that 
the, the word I'm thinking about is accountability because the accountability is on and with them. So we help them to see their accountability and how they get to own that rather than someone from the outside telling them what to do. So that would be the distinction. And I would say Kevin and I were coaching long before it was really recognized as as what it is now today and yet we still are explaining to people hey Kevin what it's all about and yet I think we've been doing this for decades especially when we were both in the club world uh, before uh, our coaching careers so well that's a great transition then to sort of the next question of how did you you know what brought you both into this profession and sort of out of the club space and management and working within a club and then into this sort of um, yeah, the, the coaching spectrum, I guess, like what, what was that transition like and, and what brought you to this? In my, in my case, um, I lost my job as a club manager. I managed two clubs in Vancouver. I lost my job and I, and did what normally people do is I went to try to find a new job. And, uh, I was interviewed by a headhunter, um, that was talking to me and he asked me what my passions and my competencies were. And so I was really, you know, I'd spent a lot of time thinking about what I, my passions were and, you know, the parts of being a club manager that I loved the most were really developing people and developing teams. Um, there were a lot of parts of it I didn't love, but I, I did love that part. And, and then I had people tell me what my, my competencies were, that I was a good listener, I was a good communicator, I was, you know, very um, non-judgmental with people and, and you know, so when he, when I told him these things, he said, well, you need to do what I do. And I said, well, what does that have to do with executive search? You know, like I was thinking of a Dick Copeland, what, what does that have to do with what you do? And he said, well, I am a, I'm an executive search, but I'm also a coach and I'm an executive coach. And what you, what you're talking about is what I do. You really need to look into that and or at least consider coaching. And so I did, I, um, did some research and started studying coaching. And then coincidentally, I'm in Kelowna, British Columbia today uh, doing this recording. And uh, I was in Kelowna for a CSCM conference. Jim Singerling, um, Kathy Driggs and Gordon Welsh were at that conference and they were interested in what I was doing in coaching. And so I had a chance to coach Gordon Welsh at that, at that conference. And he said, wouldn't it be great if we could do this at a world conference? Wouldn't it be great if people could just come in and have an hour with the coach? And that's how it started. That's, that was, you know, I just started doing them at the conferences. And then two and a half years later, they asked me if I could coach 7,000 people. And so uh, that was sort of the uh, two or three year transition from club management to coaching. That's amazing. (laughs) Shelly, what about you? Well, I was in the club world um, for about 10 years at a great club, fantastic club where I live here in Calgary. And as I was uh, moving up through management and really had my eye on, I mean, I wanted to become a GM. That's what I wanted to do. And as I was moving up, my club was so supportive and they supported me in getting a coach. And so uh, I hired this coach. His name was Kevin McDonald. (laughs) Oh, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we had so much in common and just so many similarities of what we did. And like I said, I think I was coaching much much before it was really called that. Um, my earlier years before the club world were in HR and HR related kind of training, et cetera. And so I think I was 
in that already. Anyways, I hired this coach and Kevin and we worked together and I just reached a crossroads in my career where I wanted to make some decisions. And because of the coaching, it was also realizing, as Kevin said, what are my passions? What do I really want to do? Where do I make the biggest difference? And my passion is really bringing out the best in other people. And so it seemed like a natural fit. And so while I was still at the club, Kevin and I did some other work together um, outside of that. And then there was this great kind of opportunity and to make this transition. So for me, it has been 15 years coming up here in September of being uh, partnering with Kevin as a CMAA coach and you know meeting all the wonderful people through CMAA. I remember 15 years ago, like it was yesterday. And we I can't even imagine the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that we have had the pl pleasure of connecting with. So yeah, long story short, but here we are 15 years later. So uh, again, natural transition. And I, I think that as coaches, we don't, we don't stop developing. We don't stop developing our awareness and noticing what we notice in terms of ourselves and how we can continue to make a difference. So it's been just this great journey, I'll call it, of development and helping to develop others. I think that's fantastic. Um, I didn't realize, Shelly, that that's how you came into this was because of Kevin. So that's so fitting um, <laughs> and wonderful and not surprising at all um, that he would bring bring someone else along for this journey and build them up because he's just is like, that's just your way, Kevin. You just build people up. And I think that's so wonderful. Um, you guys both talk a lot about, you know, developing others and and personal growth and emotional intelligence and i think that's sort of really the crux of what the coaching experience can be for our managers um what why is it valuable do you think for someone to work with an executive coach you know kevin you talked about how i think there's sort of this perception that people come for coaching when something's wrong you know they've lost a job or they're having a really tough time and while coaching can certainly be helpful through that difficult period I think it's very evident that you can be coached at any time when things are going great and still get a lot out of it so so why is it valuable for someone to, to work with an executive coach and what can that bring to their career well, thanks for that question you know coaches can see from the outside what you can't see from the inside so it's like a golf coach. I mean, they, you can't see what your hands are doing at the top of your backswing because your eyes are in the front of your head. And, and you know, when, when someone can help see things for you, you know, and I think one of the things we see sometimes are people's patterns is that we have patterns that we do over and over and over. And one, it really is illustrated. One of the, the masters we had on our Extraordinary Leader Program uh, was a CEO of a large corporation. And he said when he was, when you know, he's leading people, he said he was a real boss hole. And we'd never heard that term before, but we certainly understood what he was talking about. It was that he was, he didn't care about people. He just cared about results. And he was driving, driving, competitive, you know, rolling over people. And, you know, the problem with it was that it worked. That's the problem is that if it works, then you think, well, this is a good way to do it because it's working. And he, you know, in, in Doug's case, he got, uh, he was a speaker at CMA actually, um, after he was with us and, and uh, he got cancer. And when he came back, he really valued people. And he got better results when he, when he learned that, he, you know, that caring about people and developing people was gonna be better for his results. So the, there's a, a, a small example that, 
you know, just because, you know, it's all working for me. So what do I need support with? And it, and it may be working and it may be working against you. And I think that's the, the awareness is when you can see, is it working for me or working against me? And when the, when things that we're doing are working, you know, when the cost of what we're doing is bigger than the benefit of what we're doing, we might want to change. And so that's the idea of coaching is to just to give people the option to say, hey, take a look at this. How, how is this working for you? So, Shelly, what would you add to that? Well, I like that because I like the way you said that is we can see from the outside perhaps what someone might not be able to see. The other aspect of that is we work on what we call the inner game. So it's the inside approach, right? It's the thinking. And so, I, Kevin, I can't think of any example where it hasn't at some level gone back to how we think. We have this great formula we often share. You, you two have probably heard it before. Uh, but, but the results really are a combination of how we think, how we feel, and how we act. And we are all trained, yes, specifically, of course, in this industry, that it's all about the actions. Well, I want a different results. We'll just take the actions. Well, what we notice is it is not just about the actions. That doesn't create long-term results. It always goes back to how we think and how we feel, right? It's our, it's our beliefs and what's ingrained. And as Kevin said, that could be working for us, but wow, it also could be working against us. Then it's also coupled with that with that uh, feeling, the energy, and that's a lot of those really combine. I would say, Kyle, in that um, emotional intelligence piece. So it's those combined with our actions that really get us results. And so again, we see it from the outside, but then we help them to look at their inner game, and we're not always used to doing that. So um, that's kind of the uh, maybe the great distinction, Kevin, of coaching. I love that. Yeah, and I think that's important too, uh, both Melissa and Kyle. That uh, you know, it's um, uh, it's a, there's an aware like people don't know what they're doing sometimes, and you know, we think, well, the seven thousand people, how are you going to coach that? But only probably two to five percent really want it, you know, because it's not easy to look at what's wrong. It's not easy to look at either your shortcomings, or it's not easy to look at your great potential that you're not taking for a ride that you're not really not reaching so so it's not not you know there's a lot of people who have been trained to be independent and they don't need support and and so uh we encourage people to get the support if, if it's there for you why not use it yeah Your your passion in what you do is very evident, but in, and I and Kyle and I have had such a joy to get the opportunity to work for you, work with both of you over the years. And honestly, you're two of our favorite people because you always make people feel better. I think when when we talk to you in any interaction we have, you know, even setting up, you know, just having our podcast recording and and just and just chatting. I think um, we always come away with a great feel. So, you know, to to let our listeners know, what is it? What is your favorite part of the job? Wow. Mm. <laughs> That's a great first. question. Great question, Melissa. I think when, okay, there's so many pieces, but the first that comes to mind would be when you see or hear the aha moment when, and it could, and it's likely nothing we've, we can't attribute to anything we've done, but when that person, it's like something clicks, something happens, there's this aha. And as I mentioned, it's not always anything that we've done, but it's usually from the inside. Kevin and I often talk about the difference between inspiration and motivation. Mm -hmm. Motivation comes from the outside. It's like someone comes by and turns you on, right? 
inspiration comes from the inside. So for me, when there's that light bulb moment, when something stirs in you and goes, yes, I got it. I get it. I, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to think differently. I'm ready to start now. And so it's that kind of moment that you go, wow, wow. And it likely has nothing to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> I take credit for none of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about you, Kevin? What's your favorite well, part? Well, for me, um, you know, what I do, I would do regardless. You know, I mean, if I if I was off today and I had a chance to go and meet with somebody, I really appreciate deep conversation. And I think in life, well, there's a lot of conversations that are very surface and and very um, there's no depth to it. And so, in the CMA coaching we've had over the years. And it, it, it's, it's different now with Zoom, but it used to be that I would be doing them over the telephone in the beginning. Shelly and I would be doing them over the telephone. And so we would be having really deep conversations with people about their lives and their leadership and their clubs or whatever their challenges were. And, you know, we would know a lot about these people. And then we would go to conference and meet them. And, you know, it was sort of shocking that, you know, after you know somebody really, really well, you might meet them. Like most people meet people, then get to know them. We we really for a long time were the opposite, where we got to know people really well, then we might get to meet them. And uh, you know, I I'm, I think um, that for me is that that moment where you share an hour with somebody, and um, you know, it's in confidence, so anything gets said doesn't go anywhere. And I think they feel safe that that's the truth. Um, but it's it's an honor for Shelley and me to be let in. To have somebody let you into their life and and trust you um that's a true privilege so uh, that's for me is one of the, the you know the deep things that, that i love about it i think that goes to exactly what melissa was just saying before she asked that question about how we always feel so full after we get to have a conversation with both the both of you even if it's just you know a quick check-in or we run into each other like when we were all on virtual conferences last year and we got to just connect in some of those breaks, just that genuine care that you have for people and like the deep conversations that we can have, even in a short time, I think, I think that's exactly what you're talking about, Kevin. And I mean, I speak from personal experience, you know, I always feel better coming away from one of those conversations than I do with almost anybody else. It's, it's, it's really special. So um, I'm glad that's one of your favorite parts because it's very <laughs> meaningful. <laughs> like I, well, on the receiving you know, end, it's good. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, any organization Shelly and I go to, if there was one thing we could improve that would make a huge difference in the organization, it's communication skills. Mm -hmm. And just the ability to, to listen and to be in conversation. And, you know, we, we all have ears and we all have mouths. And so we know we can talk, we know we can hear, but that's, you know, I think we sometimes don't, um, you know, we don't uh, speak magic. You know, we're, we're, we're knocking each other down, we're beating each other up and, and the other side of it is we don't listen sometimes. So, uh, you know, Shelley and I often say that we are professional communicators who sometimes don't communicate very well. And <laughs> but that's the truth with that. everybody on the planet is that that if you think you're a great communicator, I mean, we, that if that's the one thing, if you could be better in relationships with your kids, with your spouse, you know, with your friends, uh, what a difference it makes in life. Oh, yeah. 100%. Well, and I don't think there's a, there is not a day that goes by 
I can speak for Kevin on this. We often have one mind. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, the reason I do go is by that we are not in gratitude of the privilege of this privilege that we get. It is truly an honor. And I know those words are oftentimes overused, but that's how we see it is that when we click on to speak with someone, it is like we are privileged. We there's this honor of being uh, now face to face sort of with someone with another human being and we get to be there. So we don't take it lightly. Awesome. Well said, Sean. I love that. <laughs> um, okay, so we in our pre-call we talked a little bit about some of the, you know, issues that we're hearing. Melissa and I are hearing from our members um, that we wanted to bring up and talk about with you. And the biggest one that we've heard over and over and over again after this year, last year and a half of, you know, as we were saying before, constantly being on Zoom, you know, this this fatigue of being perpetually connected to our devices because, you know, we can't be together in person, so we have to find other ways to do it. It's causing a lot of burnout and it's causing burnout in, you know, every area of people's lives. It's not just work burnout. It's just, it's life burnout. Everything's difficult and we're all tired and we probably just need to go sit in timeout and have a nap. Like, <laughs> and everyone will feel better tomorrow. But, <laughs> but, um, you know, what advice do you have for our listeners, you know, on, on this topic of burnout, you know, we're, we're heading into the middle of a very busy summer season. Clubs are back up and running in a lot of places. They're busier than ever. Um, you know, what advice do you have for people who are, who are looking burnout straight in the face and going, I don't know if I have another two or three months in me right now. What do I do? Mm -hmm. Wow. Shelly. Well, there's a whole bunch of things that come to mind. Um, <laughs> the first is, I often say this, like we're so hard on ourselves, right? We tend to, we call it beat ourselves up. You two ladies know what we mean by that. We should be able to do this. We should be able to do 12 or 15 hour days, however many, you know, weeks in a row. I do recall, especially, I'm in obviously the Northern part and speaking with some club managers in where their golf season was just starting a couple months ago going, you know, here we are at the beginning and we're already burnt out. So yeah, it's real. And so to the beating ourselves up part, we, we're conditioned in, especially North America, this is our culture. We should be able to do it all and it, it should all be perfect, right? And so the first thought that comes to mind for me is two words I often use and that is patience and grace. And, and we need to grant ourselves just a little bit just a little bit of patience and a maybe a lot of patience, but a lot of grace in that it is going to be different. Of course, things have changed. Of course, they're like discombobulated. Of course, it's nuts. Of course, we are burnt out. Of course, our people are. And it's difficult to find people and all of the stuff that goes with that. And so I just strongly believe we've got to sometimes just take a deep breath and let ourselves. And then, of course, yes, there's lots we have to do. Um, but as a culture, we don't do enough of that. So Kevin and I, in a lot of our coaching, will talk about this idea of self-care. And know we hear a lot about it, and over the last year we've heard a lot about it, but what we're talking about is actually taking it on. And it can be simple things like taking a break during the day, and it can be walking around the block, and it can be putting some boundaries on our time. Um, and Kevin, I'll get you to talk about that in that there's this great book that for the past 20 years we have been talking about by Don Miguel Ruiz called The Four Agreements. 
And Kevin, maybe you can just talk a little bit about that fourth one, because that's the one that for club managers and, and people in this industry, we just really need to hear at this time. So Kevin, I'd, I'd love you to talk about that for a second. Okay, sure. So yeah, the fourth agreement of the four agreements is always do your best. And uh, I wrote an article about this, I think for CMA a number of years ago that you know, we asked people, um, you know, does your club deserve your best? Does your, and most people say yes. Does your family deserve your best? Yes. Are your children? Yes. How about your health? Does it deserve your best? Yes. How about your passions, the things you love to do? Yes. Uh, but we have, there's a bit of a, I think a trap in club management that a lot of people don't give their best, they give their all. And we think that if I give more, if I give my all to this, then they'll appreciate me and they'll, they'll see all my hard work. And, you know, when people are coming to us when they have lost their jobs and some of them say, you know, I'm really upset because I gave my all to that club and now they let me go, um, you know, you know, we often say, well, gee, there's might be your problem is that your club doesn't deserve your all, it deserves your best. And when we come to that realization that we have to be able to, you know, if we lose our family, we lose our health, we lose all the other things in life because we gave everything to the club, then nobody wins, including the club. And, you know, after hours and hours of working, you know, six days, 14 hours a day, you know, your cognitive skills are not good, your decision making is not good, your communication is not good. And so you look like the person that shouldn't be in that position as opposed to the one that should. And, and I think that's a really key point uh, that people need to consider. Be very careful because it's a, it's a slippery slope. You can, you can be going down it before you even know. But yeah. I, a, couple, a couple of things I was going to add, Shelley, just to that, I, that, that question about burnout is that, to me, um, we have to be so careful about what we focus on. And, you know, you've seen our, our dark dot in the middle of the page that, you know, is about 2% of the page and people focus on that. But it's true is that we get whatever you focus on, you get more of. And so... You know, you can focus on the tragedy, you can focus on the tiredness, you can focus on all the work, you can focus on all those things and you get more of it. And, and you are literally working against yourself. <clears throat> I, um, today is day 2,804 of my habit of writing down 10 things each day that I'm grateful for. Well, to me, that's an instant example of, of you deciding what you focus on, is that we have so much to be grateful for. And yet we can sometimes think about what we don't have or, or what's missing or what's hard. And we get so focused on that, that it just sucks our energy. And that's, that's a, the time now where it's so important to get real clear about, you know, what you're focusing on. I think that that is really um, important. And then the last thing you said, Oh yeah, go ahead, Sean, please. Well, I was just going to add to that Kevin in that it's just human nature that we, project out uh, to like, like the overwhelm happens because we're thinking about not just today, we're thinking about the rest of this week and next month and the rest of the season and how we're going to get to September or October or whatever the date may be. And one of the things that we help people to do is because that's where the overwhelm really shows up, it, but to rather focus on today, right? And as Kevin said, that's what matters is today and how you are today. So we help people get out of the, um, the calendars too full and how can I ever do this and all my, you know, all of the stuff 
and rather focus on today and being present in today. Because if you're present, back to Kevin's other point, if you're present for eight or nine or seven or whatever hours in the day, you're likely more productive and going to feel better than if you're not present for 14. And so, but it's about today, not worrying about what's happening on August 23rd. And it's just so easy to fall into that. And so we've got to set what we call boundaries. And so we help people to do that around their time and around what's really important and what they can do. So it's also getting out of the doing, hey, Kevin, and that club managers as uh, in general, this is a general general comment, is we, you know, they've risen up being so competent and knowing that they can do everything. Well, the last year and a half has proven that they don't know the answers to this thing, to everything. And so it's getting out of the doing and more into the, we call it being. And that's a big shift for people. But again, it's what we decide to focus on. So go ahead, Kevin, what was your other thought? <laughs> no, I, hey, I think we should have another question. That was, I think, <laughs> I think we, that was awesome. That was a, that was such a good answer. And I, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, we're talking about boundaries and we're talking about, you know, recognizing and being self-aware enough to know, like, how much of yourself you can and should give. Like you were saying, Shelly, you know, I can give of myself for seven hours today, but I don't I don't have 14. I don't have 14 where I can give you my best for this whole day and recognizing that. And I and I find it really interesting. Melissa and I talk about, you know, giving grace a lot and, you know, having patience. Melissa has it on a whiteboard in her office and says, give grace. <laughs> um, but we talk about that a lot. And I just, I find it interesting, you know, we're having these conversations about, about having this self-awareness and setting these boundaries and, and giving ourselves grace. But we also exist within a workplace society that has conditioned us to not be that way. You know, we, we function in a structure that is go, 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 max your capacity all the time. No, I don't care about what you've got going on at home. I need you to produce X, Y, and Z today. And so it's, it's a real challenge, I think, especially in the club space where I think that that attitude, that mindset has been the prevailing mindset for so long um, to sort of help people to kind of maybe make that transition into a more self-care focus. Like I can be my, my best self and, and my best as an employee if I don't have to give you everything for 14 hours, <laughs> if you understand that about me. Um, and so I, I just find it really interesting because I think, you know, through coaching and through having these types of conversations, we can maybe help shift that idea that we have to be 110% always all the time. And it's going to take a lot more than, you know, the four of us just sitting here and talking about it. But, but I do think, hi, Kevin. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I have so many thoughts on this because it goes through my head all the time. And I think Melissa and I have a version of this conversation once a week. Yes, Kevin. <laughs> well, the third agreement in the four agreements is don't make assumptions. And I think I think here's whatever we believe to be true, you know, is it true or do we believe it to be true? Mm -hmm. You know, and so whatever belief that is, if the belief is, well, we have to do this, this is what's expected of us. The, tr the truth is that that may not be what's expected of you. 
you know, you may believe that that's what's expected of you, but nobody ever said it. Nobody ever came out and said, this is what we need from you. And if you're working on a premise or, a, or an assumption that isn't true in the first place, then, you know, you're spending, you're, this is on you. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is on you. I'm just saying <laughs> we all have to look at ourselves and go, do I know this to be true or is this just what I've been thinking? Right. When we're coaching people who have lost their jobs, I can't tell you, I bet you almost everybody I've ever talked to says, well, I'm told that if you don't have a job, you can't get one. Like it's almost everybody that's unemployed says that. And I'm going, well, I don't think I've worked with anybody that didn't get a job. So I, I, I would say it's almost 100 percent not true. <laughs> but yet the, everybody believes it. And so I think we have to be careful and to really look at what we believe. Mm-hmm. Because it's shaping how we do things. And so maybe we, you know, maybe COVID has changed how we think about some things now. Certainly some people are working, you know, remotely that never could before. And maybe it's changing something. So, but here's our, that's our opportunity. Yeah, Kevin, I think, well, I know this is overused, but I say it. I do say this all the time now more than ever, but this is the time to shift the thinking culturally, right? So take, take our industry, move it down closer to a club. Kevin and I recently had a conversation with a club manager um, on one of our master calls who said, you know what? We're not about reaching for this, the moon this season. We're not, this is not about extraordinary. This is not about way out there. This is about taking care of our people so much. So, you know, conversations with the board, conversations with everybody, Kevin and I often use the words, take care. This is the time of taking care of our people. And so it's a huge opportunity. It's almost like we've been given this gift of, okay, now's a good time to shift. This is mm-hmm. it. So we would say absolutely. And, it, and we talk a lot about culture and environment. The truth is this, you can design the culture the way you want it, like with that kind of take care kind of mindset. But remember, if you don't design it, it will design itself in some other way. And it's usually going to fall prey to whatever it has been right? What the, the out there norm might be. So our belief is you get to design your culture, your team, your environment on purpose. Uh, otherwise, it will just happen and it just kind of, you know, will just, it, it'll unfold the way it just always has unfolded. So now is the best time. I couldn't agree with that more. I think, I mean, for all the challenges that COVID has presented us with, I think I've said this several times that this is a grand opportunity for us to really shift and re-examine how we do things and why we do things the way we do. Because if the reason we were doing things the way we did before was just because that's how we always did it, and then like, well, why not change? <laughs> why not think right. about how how we can shift that and make things easier or more accessible or more flexible or amenable to all types of people and working conditions, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I, I totally agree. And Kevin, to your point about um, the third agreement, not to make assumptions, I think that ties in really well with what we were talking about before with how important communication is, right? Because you can't make an assumption if you have an open line of communication. Because if I can just say to Melissa, hey, I was thinking X thing and she goes well actually no it's this oh okay well then that assumption is now gone and I've been given the correct information correct. right correct. so it just I think it re-emphasizes the importance of of fostering good communication skills interpersonally and and otherwise within our not just our workspaces but in our all of our relationships in our lives you got it 
Yay. Good job. <laughs> and, and I think I think it's a chance for organizations to think differently, but also individuals. Like, how am I going to be moving forward? You know, like that's a, that's a, the opportunity each of us has. How am I going to operate? How am I going to think? How am I going to feel? And um, that's the opportunity. It doesn't mean people will do it. It just means you, you have a chance to do it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, okay. That was so good. <laughs> um, I don't think I have any other questions right now. Melissa, do you have anything else that you wanted to add? I don't. I just want to definitely reserve the opportunity to have you guys back <laughs> to talk more about these topics because, you know, we we know it's it's information that our listeners need and 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 probably Kyle and I need to hear too. So oh, it's it's really 100%. applicable across the board. 100%. Well, can, I, can I say something to the people listening? Yes, absolutely. You know, I mean, it, this, um, I think CMA was cutting edge and I don't even know with other organizations, you, you would know better being in association management, but who in other organizations has this benefit for their, for their members? I don't know. I have not met people that are doing something similar for other organizations, but I mean, it's, when you think of it, it was 2003. So 18 years ago now, um, that this was started and so it's an opportunity for everybody in CMA to have this benefit at no charge to have, you know, one to three coaching sessions if you need it. And so, um, you know, please take advantage of it. We have a toll-free number. It's 866-822-3481. At least you can call it and I'll give that again, 866-822-3481. You can call that and set up a thing. We all, we do almost everything on Zoom now. Uh, you know, as it turns out, but uh, please, if you've been, if you've been intrigued by what this conversation, or if you'd like to spend some time with one or two people that uh, really want to bring out the best in you and support you, then please give us, give, connect with us and let's have a coaching session. For sure. And we'll make sure to post that um, phone number and the link to the coaching um, page on our career site in the show notes for this episode. So they'll be easy to access. Um, I also want to plug Kevin mentioned that he has written for CMAA in the past. We have the back of the house blog, which is mostly now just the Kevin McDonald blog. <laughs> it's the Kevin McDonald and and uh and podcast blogs. So if you're interested in, in reading any of Kevin's articles, please head over to the Back of the House blog. You can check them out there. We have a ton and they're always wonderful. Every time, every month that I get to sit and read one and proof one, I'm always like, what interesting story does Kevin have for us today? <laughs> and it's always fascinating. Um, and Kyle, it's so interesting when you write for something like that, that you never know if anybody ever reads it. And I recently had somebody, uh, one of the members of CMA, told me he's read everything I've ever written. And then he found my website and he found more things that, that we've written. And uh, so it's nice to know somebody's reading it. But thank you for saying that. Of course. We appreciate it. Of course. So, yeah, well, um, you can find more information about coaching with Kevin and Shelly at uh, Club Careers, which is our, our careers website. You can find all of that. Um, on CMA's website. It's very easy. We're happy to connect you at any time. If you have questions about coaching, you can either contact our good friends here or Melissa or myself or Karen Woody. Anyone at headquarters is happy to point you in the right direction. We've all had positive experiences with both Kevin and Shelly and we'll happily extol their, their virtues at any, any opportunity. So, <laughs> um, 
Shelly, did you have anything else you wanted to add? I know you got dropped off there for a second and now you're back with us. So <laughs> we're just wrapping I'm up. Back. Well, like I said, Kevin and I often have one mind. So uh, it's all good. I'm good. I'm sure whatever he said was exactly what I was going to say. Perfect. <laughs> well, we'll just quote you with everything we'll that he said then. Perfect. Yeah, yeah do that. Awesome. I appreciate that Shelly's been so involved with women in club management over the last number of years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, w one time I got to uh, stand in for her in that uh, space, but uh, I'm so proud that they get to work with her. You love that. You absolutely love that. Hey, <laughs> no, uh, Melissa and Kyle, it's been such a privilege for me to connect with all these women in club management and I've seen it grow. So Christina Kruger has been involved over this last uh, year and a half or so. And mm -hmm. uh, we've had so much fun. We've had webinars and we've had Zoom rooms uh, with lots of uh, female leaders. It's been so fun and it's just, it's like it's exploding. So lots happening there. If anybody wants more information on that, I'm sure they can connect with one of you as well. Yeah. And obviously Christina, because she's got uh, the upcoming Zoom ones and our webinars that we're doing. So Absolutely. it is so fun. Yeah, we share those. We'll share any upcoming um, women in club management opportunities. We will share those in all upcoming newsletters. Um, so if you're interested in something like that, please stay tuned and join in and join also the women in club management community on Connect. Um, that's where you can kind of check in with the group in between um, those those live gatherings. You can check in with the group and then share anything you've got on your mind in that space. So thank you both so, so, so much for your time today. As always, it was such a pleasure to talk with you. And as Melissa said, we look forward to having you join us again, because I would love to continue this conversation. And I think it's, it, it would be really incredible for us to, uh, to bring you, bring more of your wisdom to the masses. So <laughs> we, we're so happy oh. that you could join us. Oh, thanks to both of you. Our, our pleasure. All right. So that, wraps us up for our interview this week. Um, it was a long one, but a good one. Um, Melissa and I have a few announcements to share with you, and then we will let you get on your way. Uh, first and foremost, the Communication Summit is less than a month away. Um, this will be taking place in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 8th through 11th, and we will be visiting three top clubs in the Twin Cities area. It'll be a three-day format, um, we're really looking forward to welcoming professionals who directly manage or oversee the communications and marketing efforts at their clubs, or really anyone who's simply looking to learn more about the important and constantly changing aspect of club operations that is communications. It's very important. Um, our hotel block closes this week. Um, we're recording this on Monday, July 12th. <laughs> For anyone who's curious, um, our hotel block closes on the 14th, so that's in two days. I think that will be the day that this podcast goes live, so if you want to register and you haven't gotten your hotel, please do so as soon as possible. Um, but registration is still open. You can register today. Please visit cmaa.org slash summits to find the communication summit, and you can go there and find all information. We've just updated a bunch of information about our speakers and sessions. We're really excited to share that all with you and welcome you to Minneapolis. So please take some time and register today. And you'll get a bonus. You'll get to meet Kyle in person. Oh, that's true. You'll get to see me. So Absolutely. if I don't know if that's a selling point, I wasn't going to say it, but sure, why not? 
Absolutely. Come hang out with me in Minneapolis. We can make fun of all of Minnesota sports teams together. Woohoo! <laughs> so do you know a CMA luminary? If you know a CMA professional member and innovator, now's the time to nominate them to be part of the next class of CMA fellows. The CMA Fellows Program honors dynamic club industry luminaries who epitomize the leadership, integrity, involvement, and contributions of active club management professionals. Nominations are now open, and the application package is due by August 31st, so you got one, you'll want to get started on that. CMA really looks forward to welcoming the 2022 Class of Fellows, which will be unveiled at our World Conference in San Diego, California. But get started now by visiting cmaa.org. You'll find all this information right on our homepage. The Fellows Program is, is pretty exciting, and it's a real honor to be included in that. So if you know somebody who is really just carrying the banner for CMAA and has, has been a, an engaged and involved individual and that you look to as maybe a mentor or a leader, um, nominate them. Throw their name in the ring. It would be wonderful to honor them with this recognition. Absolutely. Uh, I think that wraps us up, Melissa. We, we were trying to keep it short and sweet and focus on the conversation with Kevin and Shelley today. So um, I think that that wraps us up for this, the first episode of Let's Talk Club Management for the month of July in the year 2021. <laughs> we will have another episode coming in just a couple of weeks. Um, but until then, I'm Kyle. That's Melissa. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Take care.